Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. Bill won't say it, but I will. I hated it. <laughs> I, it, it, I, I put, it put me to sleep, and I enjoyed the sleep a lot more than I did. <laughs> Is it the best movie of the year? Best? I was going to have it in my top worst. The Arch Campbell podcast featuring Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands begins now. <laughs> Well, that was our new podcast friend, Cinema Lou Charlotte, who loves movies and tells it like it is. And uh, we will have Cinema Lou back. You know, Cinema Lou uh, lives next door to Jen Cheney. Did anybody know that? I didn't know that. That's cool. (laughs) Yes, he's her next door neighbor. (laughs) Well, anyway, hello, I'm Arch Campbell, and this is the podcast that tries desperately to keep you up to date on the ever-changing world of entertainment. Lou Katz is with us in Katz Podcast Headquarters. Complete with eggnog and all ready to go for the holidays. (laughs) I thought the engineers didn't like eggnog in the control room. (laughs) We have two great guests today. First, the always insightful critic for Vulture and New York Magazine, and one of my favorite writers, the one and only Rocky Haddadi. Rocky. Thank you, Arch. Thank you. Thank you. So kind. Happy holidays so kind. to you. Thank you. You too. And all the way on the other side of the country in Los Angeles, the critic for Observer.com, professor at Emerson College, correspondent for People Magazine, the always interesting Oliver Jones. Hey. All right. Thank you for having Oliver. me again, Arch. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you and always uh, a great uh, pleasure to talk to you. So let's start with Rocky and uh, with the usual question. What are you watching? What are you liking these days? Mm, what am I liking these days? Uh, I am re-watching What We Do in the Shadows which is on FX on Hulu. Uh, It's about, you know, a group of vampires who live in Staten Island and just get up to hijinks. So that's been a very fun, like, low-effort rewatch as we head into end of year. And then the new thing that I'm watching, which I'm liking, which doesn't come out until January, is the HBO adaptation of The Last of Us, which was a video game series. Uh Uh, And I'm really liking that. It's from Craig Mazin, who did the Chernobyl miniseries a couple years ago. Why are you so Somewhere out west. They're working on a cure. I reckon it's got something to do with that girl. It's got everything to do with that little girl. It's solid. It's great. Premieres in mid-January. Cool. I want to jump in and say I watched the uh, Nancy Pelosi documentary, Pelosi Mm -hmm. on Pelosi, done by her daughter, and it was just fascinating. Mom, why did you choose this life? I didn't really choose this life. It shows me. Some people count sheep at night. I count votes. You know, I don't want to get too political, but no matter what your politics, she is an awesome woman, and uh, and it is uh, quite a document. And Oliver, what are you uh, liking these days? Well, I'm never afraid of getting too political, Arch. Um, <laughs> but I... Uh, I was recently introduced to the show on um, on Apple uh, TV, Slow Horses. Have you guys watched this show? Uh, Saw a little bit of it, yeah. Just I just thought it was terrific. I I, I had not known about it, and um and the series that it was based by uh, by Mark Herron. Uh, it's tremendously funny and um and a really good spy show. It's sort of like um what I wish more PBS shows were like. 
you know, funnier and uh, and and more biting than than a typical PBS show, but a a similar type of milieu and uh, and a fantastic cast. I've got to be honest. Working with you has been the lowest point and a disappointing career. What are you looking for? The remnants of a once promising career. There is something finally happening. What has it got to do with you? Whatever's going on will be handled by the real agents. I'm watching season two. Have you seen it? I have not seen it since I, I have like a Gary Oldman problem, but the people who I know <laughs> like it, really like it. I am interested to know about this Gary Oldman issue. He's he's a he's a real schlub in the in the show. Uh, it's like it's much more like uh, the type of character that early young Gary Oldman played when he played mm -hmm. kind of punks and and rascals and drunks. Uh, mm -hmm. It's much more of that uh, style of Oldman than it is so bumbling spies uh, yeah. in England. Yeah. You know, I watched the first episode of The Recruit on um, oh, Netflix. Oh, Arch. What are you doing, Arch? <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, you know, I was bored. I only watched one episode. And how'd you feel about it? Uh, you know, it was fine. It was okay. I don't know if I'll watch the second episode or not. I don't know if I'm quite engaged. Right. It's that like, same. I feel like Slow Horses is going to be your next obsession, though, because I feel like that's such an arch show. Yeah, I feel like you're going to like <laughs> it. We we actually switched out of HBO this week over to Apple to watch Slow Horses. And while uh, John Oliver is on vacation, uh, we'll probably switch back when, when John Oliver comes back. Uh, but uh, but it was worth the switch. Uh, I told you both that we want to get into uh, best of the year on this uh, podcast, and I do. But before we jump into that, let me say there are three new movies opening today. Hmm. Avatar, Babylon, and The Whale. And uh, who would like to comment on Avatar, <laughs> Babylon, or The Whale? <laughs> I feel like we could talk. Did everybody see Avatar? I haven't yeah, seen I've seen Babylon. Avatar and I've seen uh, Babylon. Okay, I have not I've seen Babylon, but I have seen Avatar. Do we need to talk about the whale? I mean, Arch, do well, we? I, no, I hated it. Think of, uh, I hated it. I, 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 uh, I, I trust you on that one. I, I think uh, I, I want to watch the whale about as much as, as far as I can throw the whale. Uh, I and, actually um, went to a theatrical screening of the yeah. whale. And if I hadn't been at a screening with other people, I would have walked out. It's so yeah. mean spirited and uh, and it's I, sort and of now. astonishing to me that they're selling it as like a triumphant human empathy. Yeah, because that's yeah. like not it's, at all no, what no. the vibe of that movie is. And on the one hand, it's like Darren Aronofsky's work has right. always been like yes. obsessed with the human body, so I sort of get it. But at the same time, I just like Brendan Fraser's. No fine but i yeah no thank you okay so let's talk about avatar maybe dad i know you think i'm crazy but i feel her i hear her heartbeat so what does her heartbeat sound like mighty avatar i could right, care I'm, I'm less Ooh, no, arch. Seen it. could care <laughs> less arch came into the end of year hot he was like, I have a yeah, lot of opinions. <laughs> Obviously, he needs to be in a, uh, you know, alien ocean to cool uh, off for a little bit and hang out with some armored whales. Maybe we're uncovering like an anti-whale ideology on Arch's part. He doesn't want space whales. He doesn't want the human drama of the whale. Oh, yeah. uh, I of sort it. of, I don't get what all the fuss is about, about Avatar. Like, I sort of feel mm -hmm. like I'm being gaslit by how many people love it. Like I thought it was fine. 
there are parts of it that like I liked, but I don't understand why we're trying to pretend that high frame rate is like an acceptable medium. It looks horrible. So yeah. I, I felt like I was on someone else's vacation watching them play a video game. <laughs> Yes. You know, uh, it it didn't really feel to me like a movie exactly. No, but it wasn't something that you know I hated. You know, like right. uh, especially, I, I it made me feel. I I was like, I wish right now that I was in um Ocean City and it was like ninety eight degrees outside and you know I had blown all my quarters at the arcade and I just needed to kill a bunch of time and in and, and on that level it works. Mm-hmm. Why they brought it out when we're watching, you know, movies like Tar and 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 movies that have great thematic, you know, uh, weight, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, where mentally we're comparing it to these other films when really it's just a um, amusement park ride, uh, right. you know, didn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, it's a summer movie, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if it's a movie at all. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, thematically, I can sort of respect what Cameron has been doing with these movies, which is that like conservation is important and there is an inherent flaw to the way that modern society approaches the environment and what we extract from it. And so I, I can like understand all of that stuff, but I also just think the script is like really painful. And if you can't get on like the visual wavelength, no pun intended of the film, then like it's not (laughs) going to work. And just from a physical perspective, like, wearing glasses and then wearing the 3d glasses and then having it be in high frame rate gave me like the worst migraine i've ever had oh uh, really yeah i go. literally i had to then drive home for an hour and i was like i don't know if i can uh, do this this is wow, not not good yeah this is it's I'll, like surgery you have to have someone pick you up after uh yeah can to, someone to please come get home. me thank you yeah. so much yeah now, i would be very interested in what rocky thinks of babylon when i you would be see interested it. too arch when i see yeah. it but in the it's very I difficult to see seen it <laughs> Have you seen uh, it? Shall I jump in? Yeah, go ahead. Yes, I, uh, of course. Reveal myself. Yes. Uh, well, I... don't reveal yourself, but do jump in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This is audio only, so we're <laughs> safe anyway. I liked it in spite of itself. It's not mm. a good movie. It's too long. Mm. The opening segment, which is uh, you know uh, an over-the-top orgy, goes on way too long. And and it re-references a lot of stuff in a dozen other movies, including Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Singing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. And yet, by the time it finished, I was so glad I watched it. So to me, it's a movie like Elvis, which uh, as I think about Elvis, I liked it in spite of the worst Tom Hanks performance uh, ever put on film. So I liked both of those in spite of themselves. But I I liked Babylon. I would watch it again. How about you, Oliver? It was I mean, it was a it was a glorious, chaotic, you know, uh bodily fluid covered suicidal <laughs> mess. You know, uh and um and you wonder why are they doing this? But at the same time, there was such it was there was such ambition to it that I couldn't help but succumb to it kind of despite myself. 
You know, I, I have read some very intelligent takedowns of the film, and I appreciated those. I just didn't, I, I, I didn't feel quite as quite that strongly. Um, the performances were good, although Margot Robbie does a lot of acting per inch in that movie. I mean, she's, uh -huh. she's crying, uh -huh. laughing. She's just doing a whole lot in sort of every every moment of that movie. Um, it, for, for me, it, uh, of the of the modern films it most recalled, and it had a lot of cast members from this film as well, was um, The Wolf of Wall Street. And it was the same type of, um, you know, you kind of cringed at the, at the gross excess of it. You know, this was a mashup of like Boogie Nights, Wolf of Wall Street, and Singing in the Rain. It starts in the 1920s. It's the silent movie era. It uh, references the Fatty Arbuckle uh, party where he kills a woman. A young man brings an elephant to a party and gets into the movies as a result and uh, lives in the movie's first really excessive period. And Margot uh, Robbie is uh, uh, discovered and uh, and becomes a star and later uh, a cokehead and uh, kind of an out of control uh, actress. And uh, uh, Brad Pitt is sort of a John Gilbert, Douglas Fairbanks senior character. And, uh, and then sound comes in and everything changes. And the young man who uh, gets into the movies because he wrangles an elephant uh, has a career and then is sort of looking back on it and uh, and it's just this giant yeah the, the the movie begins with a big pile of um elephant crap and it ends yeah, with a guy literally. in a yeah. movie theater uh watching uh singing in the rain while while weeping and thinking about his life and also mm -hmm. the whole world of movies flashes before his eyes um and uh you know, it's a little it's a little too much, uh, but it's also a movie that if you can happen to, if they still exist, see it in a crowded movie theater and sort of judge the response around you, it could be a lot of fun. Like Arch said, sort of despite itself. I imagine it's just going to lose billions of dollars. Yeah, I, yeah it feels another one of those movies where I'm like, this sounds great and entirely for a very specific audience. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think that yeah, we're sort of seeing yeah. the last of those movies, you know, now like uh, where, where uh, directors like that and, you know, Steven Spielberg can make a personal home movie for $40 million, you know, that we're not going to see that anymore. Uh, and this is the sort of the, the, the last remnants. And my feeling is we might as well enjoy our Christmas presents while we still get them. Yeah. Uh, so uh, with that comment on the movies, let's go to the place everybody is watching, which mm -hmm. is streaming. Mm -hmm. And I asked both of you to give me a few titles of things you love this year. And Rock, by the way, Rocky, I read your piece on uh, on White Lotus. Oh yeah, and just loved it. Thank and you. as you know, I tuned out of it. I gave up on it. Mm -hmm. And and you made me sorry for that. Oh, uh oh. <laughs> I mean, like we talked about before, I think it gets like, I think it starts getting pretty solid at like episode five, but yeah. then it's like, are you gonna watch like five episodes, That's you know, asking. to get there? That's yeah. asking a lot. Not when we know you also need to watch Slow Horses. I mean, right? You gotta yeah. divide your time well. So, so what? What are some things you like this year? 
Do we want to do TV first or movies first? Uh, well, let's do TV quickly okay. because okay. It, I uh, are you with me on this? I mean, I'm kind of thinking that TV is where uh, the eyeballs are. Yeah. I mean, there's and, more TV. There's just so much TV. It's the battle of the streaming services. Everyone has a TV or a tablet. I mean, it's just, it's an overwhelming amount of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So of all of that overwhelming amount of stuff, my top five shows were Andor on Disney+, Plus, The Bear on FX on Hulu, uh, Reservation Dogs also on FX on Hulu, severance on apple tv plus and we own this city on hbo max so a mix mm. of mini series new shows shows in their second season some ip in there some new ideas pretty much all the shows that i really loved this year had something like specific to say about like the nature of optimism uh and whether it's useful or faulty uh, so thematically, I really liked the shows that sort of explored those things. Uh, but Arch, I feel like we talked about some of this stuff, right? Didn't you watch Severance? I loved Severance. Yeah. I, I think it was the best new series on TV. And I also watched Reservation Dogs <laughs> mm -hmm. and really liked it. And I got kind of a wistful sadness at the end of the second season because yeah. I am guessing that they have wrapped it up. No, yeah. third season. There will be a third yeah, yeah, yeah. season. Yeah, yes, yes. Well, I think uh, they approached it in a way not knowing that there was mm -hmm, a third season. Mm -hmm. So I think it could stand alone on its own. But I do believe that they got renewed for a third season. Well, I'll be really interested to see where they go. Yeah, and like I'll, do they stay where they are? Do they go back? I don't want to spoil anything, but there are a lot of places that it could go thematically. So, Oliver, what are you? I think uh, uh, your shows had something specific to say about John Barenthal uh, as well. Uh, who, um, uh, Sidwell Friends graduate, who I think was sort of the star of the year uh, in a lot yeah, of yeah. But you noticed that I did not include American Gigolo in here because oh, that show the, was terrible. Point. So yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yes. Yeah, we all. Um, oh well, John, you can't you can't bat a thousand. Can't win them all, John. <laughs> oh, <no>. Can't win <laughs> them all. <laughs> I, I have to say, I think your picks are wonderful, and I was Thank right you. with them. I mean, the only. Um, Shows that I that I really liked that you didn't mention were um, Abbott Elementary. Okay, so if the store has 10 potatoes, right, and you take away two of them, how many potatoes would the store have left? Janine, what did I say about taking my potatoes from the lunchroom? But visual learning is so much better. Well, guess what? Now you have zero potatoes. You know, because of the, you know, that, that feeling of the family gathering around to watch a network mm -hmm. sitcom, you know that uh, that was both, both relevant and sort of transporting at the same time, you know, was just a lost feeling. And, and to have it back again, you know, it was one of those things you didn't know you missed until you had it back. Uh, and uh, and I'm just so grateful uh, to that show. And I think for in a year where so many of us felt sort of lost and displaced, uh, somebody somewhere on HBO, uh, I think really, really spoke to me uh, on that level. And um, I th yeah, but but otherwise, I think I'm 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 in lockstep with you, uh, Rocky, which makes for terrible podcast <laughs> uh, i wouldn't say that we can I argue wanna... about arch's picks it's cool uh, oh, yeah i want to put in a plug for the dropout which yes. won uh the oh, emmy yeah. for amanda seyfried 
story of Elizabeth Holmes. The other night, I watched the HBO documentary on her, Out for Blood. Uh, the woman who started the company, and they were going to be able to analyze all of your diseases from one drop of your blood, and she turned out to be a complete con artist. The world works in certain ways until a new great idea comes along and changes everything. What if you could test your blood in your own home? And what if it wasn't a whole vial, but just a drop? My wife and I liked the dropout so much and out for blood that we now speak to each other like this. <laughs> in the voice well yes done. we do the voice yeah. of elizabeth holmes my wife will come up and say <laughs> hello this is elizabeth archie are you cutting your fingernails <laughs> I love it. I'm now disappointed that... that Naveen Andrews didn't get more recognition for that role, though. Because, like, he and Amanda Seyfried were, like, right. in wonderful partnership with each other. And he was right. great as Sonny Bolwani. But, yeah, so, good year for miniseries. The Dropout and Out for Bloods. And I, another one I loved was Under the Banner of Heaven, which is yeah. based mm -hmm. on a true crime book of a uh, of a devout Mormon um policemen investigating uh evangelical mormons and the mm -hmm. uh the murder of a young uh woman and uh it's andrew garfield and really really a great great uh piece but if i want to be perfectly honest arch the show that has meant the most to me this year and the most and the show that has meant most to me in the last three years over this sort of crisis that we've had as a nation on many levels is um the PBS NewsHour with Judy Rudroff. I have some news of my own to share. Judy is going to be retiring at the end of this year. After a decade as anchor of this extraordinary program, I've decided that the end of 2022 is the right time to turn this incredibly important job over to someone else. I am then going to undertake a very exciting new project with the NewsHour for the next couple of years, one we are calling America at a Crossroads. It's an incredibly emotional thing for me. Uh, to me, she's a last link to the old uh, yeah. McNeil Lehrer uh, show, and and um, and uh, the the part that that all of the correspondents on that show, but her in particular, uh, uh, did in terms of calming me and informing me and comforting me uh, in these last three years cannot just can cannot go overstated. I'm going to miss her terribly. I know they're going to do a great job with the show. I know the show's going to move on. But there's no one like Judy, and uh, and these last three years, I, I just, if there was an MVP television show, uh, I think that would get it. Uh, you know, it's uh, in all of the noise, it just was a clarion call for, for sympathy, empathy, and information, and I, I was so appreciative of, of it. I do want to say that I am still grieving the loss of Gwen Eiffel, yeah. Yeah. who I think was uh, one of the most remarkable people ever to appear on television, and that I have a deep crush professionally on Lisa Desjardins, oh, yes. who is their Capitol Hill correspondent and is one of the clearest uh, reporters uh, I've ever uh, experienced. I learned something every time she's on the air, and mm -hmm. uh, I've become really obsessed with her cat, uh, which yeah. is behind her. Uh, <laughs> yes. on, and the most amazing thing about her cat is that she puts a little 
She puts a little uh, blanket on her couch and uh-huh. the cat stays on the blanket. Uh-huh. What kind of cat is so smart as to stay on the blanket? Well, the genius cat. Oh man. So so now let's get into the movies because I this is a wonderful time of year when you talk about your favorite movies of the year. And um uh Rocky, yes, what how would you characterize this year at the movies weird i mean yeah very Good. disjointed <laughs> yeah feels like there was like nothing really in the beginning of the year except for everything everywhere all at once it felt like that dominated then top gun just took over the entire summer and then this past month or two months has been a lot of prestige pictures that you've talked about that we've mentioned that have not necessarily uh received the public response yeah. i think we would have anticipated an audience yeah haven't really found an audience tar the fablemans she said women talking all that sort of thing um mm-hmm. so yes yeah, so it's been sort of a weird year my favorites this year i tried to be uh incredibly nationalistic and pick as many iranian and middle eastern movies as i could uh <laughs> so my top five i tried to spread them out but my top five are uh no bears which is the new Jafar Panahi film, which I think doesn't come out until either the end of this month or the beginning of next year, but it got like an awards qualifying run for 2022. Uh, My second one is Athena, which is on Netflix. My third one is Top Gun, of course. Uh, Fourth is Hit the Road, which is streaming on Showtime and is directed by Jafar Panahi's son. And the fifth film that I liked very much this year was Emily the Criminal, which got a second life on Netflix. Just yeah. loved that. It had a theatrical release in August that was very, very small. Mm-hmm. And then I think hit Netflix earlier this month and has been doing right. pretty well. So a great year for Aubrey Plaza between The White Lotus, Criminal, and just really furthering her specific brand of <laughs> like sarcastic, disaffected millennial. Yeah. But yeah, those are my five. Now, now, what is Hit the Road? So Hit the Road is a film about a Iranian family who is traveling to the border. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's basically set mostly within this car as this family is traveling. You don't exactly know why they're going to the border or sort of what the internal tension between this family is. But it's really well done. I mean, so many Iranian films are about like domestic dramas, basically, and they are nodding toward the restrictions of the government uh, in specific ways. So it's interesting because No Bears which is directed uh, by Pano Panahi's father, Jafar, is like very similar. It's also about, you know, making a film set near a border. And so I think there are all these questions of like what defines a country and a culture that are done really well in these two films. But Hit the Road is now streaming on Showtime. Yeah. Uh, to watch it and uh, you should. Uh, what is it about uh, Top Gun, Maverick? Mm-hmm. That made it, uh, you know, it is the one movie that broke through this year. Mm-hmm. And any other year, it wouldn't make uh, the kind of list it's making. Oh, see, I don't know. I think in any year it would be pretty well do received. You? Yeah, okay. I do. The secret to that movie for me was um, I have a, a sore back. And when the jets go off, the seat shakes and kind of massages mm. my back and kind of gets it all <laughs> loosened up. Because uh, mm-hmm. otherwise, I, I can't find much to enjoy about that movie. Uh, that was a, that was about it. My relaxed back is about as far as I can uh, recommend that one. I mean, I I feel like Tom Cruise is gonna die on screen for us, and like I really 
respect the commitment to the game that that requires. See, so, uh, to me, it's like Tom Cruise's career has become Nightmare Alley. You know, he used to be an actor, and now he's mm-hmm. a sideshow uh, freak, you know, just like doing <laughs> these ridiculous, you know, uh, 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 carnival you know because the economy demands it from him you know i was like well i want the magnolia tom cruise i want the tom cruise who acted can't have it anymore sorry (laughs) it's over (laughs) in a world dominated by marvel and superhero movies this is the only tom cruise we're allowed to have and yeah i guess so i guess we all get the tom cruise we deserve i suppose yep Absolutely. Yep. Okay. So Oliver, where are you? I'd love to, uh, to, to build on what uh, Rocky said. She mentioned the film Athena, which is on Netflix, which has Mm -hmm. perhaps the greatest opening shot uh, of any film uh, that you'll see this or any other year. It's just uh, a stunning cinematography throughout, but my God, the opening shot will bust your eyeballs out. Uh, It's like an uninterrupted 12 minutes. Yeah, uh, wow. and my it's colleague, unbelievable action. Yeah, my colleague Bilga Abiri did like a breakdown of how they pulled that off at uh, at Vulture. But yeah, it's amazing. Wow. The whole film is wonderful. Uh, it's about a, a trio of Algerian brothers who are involved in like an uprising against the French police and the French government. It's been very divisive because of the ending. I think some people mm-hmm. think that the ending could arguably betray the intentions of the rest of the film. But I loved it, and I thought it was. You you know, very operatic, very operatic, while also being uh, very modern in its cinematography and its look. And yeah, I would suggest that one as well, Arch. I'm noticing on a lot of 10 best lists and maybe uh, from you too, mm-hmm. that we're not getting uh, the Banshees of Inner Sharon. We're not mm. uh, getting some. I feel like the... I've seen Banshees on a lot of lists. Yeah, no, I, I think it's sh- it's showing but not up. On, I... Not on YouTube, you know, not on everybody's. Not yeah, on not yours. on my list because I went yeah. super nationalistic with my list. I was like, yeah, and, and if and, I was, and, uh, and if Oliver... I was being perfectly honest, uh, it showed that there were two other writers on my website and it showed up on both of their lists. And I just, mm-hmm. sometimes with these lists, you kind of want to shine some light in the corners that people don't already explore. But it's a yeah. wonderful film especially the writing and the acting mm-hmm. uh you know it's just such a beautifully written script and um i i don't think anyone will forget colin farrell's sadness and his sad eyes and my god the most emotive eyebrows you know that we've seen in in cinema in some time yeah i definitely so, think banshees is on a lot of lists i don't think it's yeah. going to get forgotten no i don't think so i am um, on hbo max right now so more people will discover ah, it now that it's on okay. hbo max so Oliver, yeah. uh, your favorite film? Well, uh, you know, this was a real year for sort of a reflection and sadness in my list. And I think that the one that really <laughs> set the tone for me was After Sun, uh, a, oh, a movie about um, yeah. a, a vacation taken by a very young father and her 11 and his 11 year old daughter. Why don't you go over and introduce yourself? Dad, you know, they're like kids. Why don't you go over and introduce yourself? Sophie, they're like old. We're here to have a good time, eh? You know, I want you to know that you can talk to me about anything as you get older, you know? It just left deep bruises for me and, and it went right into my subconscious. Uh, my my daughter saw it with her friend uh, on Sunday night at an empty theater in Westwood. And when I met her in the lobby, both her and her friend were weeping. Uh, it was very touching. Uh, yeah. I, I, we, we all had a group hug in the lobby and, and they were laughing at the same time. It was like 
that oh. kind of feeling you can only get from going to the movies, you know, and submerging yourself to something like that. And, and uh, Clementine kept saying, I'm so glad I saw that in a movie theater, you know, because she probably would have been checking her phone if she'd been watching it on the couch. Yeah. There's uh, the film All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, which is a documentary um, about uh, Nan Golden and uh, the great photographer of sort of um, drag queens and drug addicts and and lost souls of, of New York and Boston, who has uh, now spent her later years uh, waging a war against the Sackler family, uh, which um, has their name hanging on many of the museums and galleries that hang her mm -hmm. portraits. And again, in terms of reflecting on family and how the past informs us moving forward and how we live our lives now, it's just an incredibly moving film with the incredible special effect of Nan Golden's photographs, which are done in slides in the film. And you won't see any better element in a movie this year than, than her pictures. Um, they're just incredible. Another movie um, that meant a lot to me that sort of stuck with me the whole year was on the count of three, uh, by uh, directed by Jared Carmichael, who is going to be hosting the the Golden Globes, which kind of disturbed me because I had no plans on watching the Golden Globes uh, until I heard that, and now I'm like, gosh, I'm gonna have to watch this dang thing. It's a movie about. <laughs> it's a movie you about. Don't a, you just don't yeah, have to. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, but generally, Jared Carmichael is a guy who I'll pay attention to anything he does. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, and this movie is not, a, you know, it's not everyone's cup of tea. Uh, it's a, it's a comedy about a double suicide. Um, but, uh, it, but it meant a great deal. It meant a great deal to me, the movie. And, and we've, I've talked about this on this podcast before, you know, the movie experience, I won't forget this year was seeing RRR, uh, in the movie theater and, um, and you know, just what what um, Top Gun Maverick seems to be to everyone else, RRR was to me. You know, the thing that made spectacle movies matter again, uh, and um, and you know, and and also took that that spectacle machinery and made an anti-colonial fable out of it. You know, and that was just exciting. It's it's like we no longer could do these you know CGI effects and great action sequences are just about filling the coffers of shareholders at Disney or elsewhere. They can also be, you know, weapons against the man, you know, and, uh, and I, and that was exciting for me this year. And, and lastly, you know, a film that's been sort of, I think way too quickly dismissed. Um, but she said, uh, I, mm -hmm. I'm someone who covered Merrimax, uh, for variety in the in the 2000s and i remember the bullying behavior of um harvey weinstein and his cronies and to see the bravery of those women who just defied everything uh to stand up uh um and and make their voices heard you know when when so much cynicism is surrounding journalism uh it, it yeah. really shines yeah. the, the spotlight on those who risk everything to help other people by telling their stories and uh, and I was, you know, I think I cried for a good 10 minutes when that movie was over. Um, well, let me jump in and shine a little light on All Quiet on the Western Front, the German version on HBO Max. I thought it was uh, amazing. And uh, and I will mention Tar with Kate Blanchett, and I hope she wins the Oscar for that. And I think The Fablemans belongs in the mix, uh, although it may not be my favorite movie uh, of the whole year. One of my favorite guys, 
is uh, waiting to tell us about Hound Radio and uh, and what's going on on uh, our favorite internet radio station. Well, we have one final weekend of the Jim Brickman Christmas Holiday Special. Here's more about it. Here's what's coming up with the Holiday Hound. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Celebrate this weekend with the Jim Brickman Show. A very Merry Christmas with Jim Brickman. I like this a lot because it's about showbiz. And Bob. Lots of room for hilarity to ensue. We have gifts that you should give, gifts that you should stay away from, how to keep fit and how to stay organized, all that plus new Christmas music and a lot of your favorites. This weekend on the Jim Brickman Show. Don't miss the Jim Brickman Holiday Weekend Specials each Sunday night at 6, only from the tinsel-chewing, holiday-renewing Hound Radio. You gave away tickets to uh, Babylon last week. Did that go pretty well? Absolutely. All gone. Okay. (laughs) So uh, what should we recommend for the weekend? Big question, Arch. (laughs) Big question. So much stuff out there. There's too much stuff happening. Not the whale. Not the whale. Not not Avatar. Not Avatar. Not the whale. I'm going to suggest the donkey instead of the whale, EO, (laughs) um, which is, uh, which is playing there in DC this weekend. And, um, and it's a, you know, it kind of reminded me of those, um, of Koyana Skatsi, you know, it was a, a movie about, you know, sort of like the uh, technology and humanity and nature and how they're all in this messed up uh, sort of love triangle right now. That's that's not, not going since out. Eddie Murphy and Shrek has there been such a donkey story. <laughs> There's about a donkey you, and banshees, isn't there? Yeah, the no, exactly there banshees. is. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. go well for either donkey. This no, year sorry the for donkeys. the donkeys. Yeah. Uh, what would I recommend? I'm going to go back to my top 10 list. Uh, I'm going to say that you can watch Nope on Peacock. Mm. You can watch the uh, new horror film Nanny on Prime Video. Holy Spider, which is about the search for an Iranian serial killer in the holy city of Meshhad is still in limited release. Uh, and I will say you can also watch Saloom, which is a horror film oh. on Shudder. Cool. Well, well I'm the just horrifying gonna... recommendations, Rob. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just like shuddering just hearing about yeah. this. Just this end your year with an... Yeah. Once yeah. you watch these, whatever your family says to you won't be that bad. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things I love about Rocky, when I first met you, you revealed uh, your family's holiday tradition. Yes. You mind revealing that again? Yeah. So watch the Godfather movies. Like, that's it. <laughs> every yeah, Thanksgiving that... and every Christmas, just as a family. It's a great Fantastic. time. Yeah, it's a great time. Arch, what are your recs? Uh, I'm going to recommend Weird on Roku because I've been pushing that for a long time, and I think it's delightful. Mm-hmm. And if you go to the movies, uh, see Tar, although I think that's starting to stream, too, with Kate Blanchett. I that's, think it's on digital yeah. uh, rental. Uh, my great thanks to you, Rocky Haddadi, at uh, Vulture and New York Magazine, Oliver Jones at Observer.com. Uh, I want to thank our friends who appear uh, on this show, Rocky and Oliver, Jason Fraley, Jen Chaney, Ann Hornaday, Bill Newcott, Peter Freeman, Susan Wazina, Tim Gordon, Travis Hobson, and our newest friend, Cinema Lou Charlotte. 
Lou Katz, best to you for the holidays. Thank you for producing and directing and this show. Arch, Arch, thank you for being Agreed. such an incredible host for the whole year and uh, bringing this, is... this ragtag group together. Uh, you know, you do an incredible job, and we're really grateful to you. This is uh, the most fun I've ever had. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays, everyone. Have a great new year. Best wishes. This is the Cats Podcasting System, where it's not just a podcast, but a podcast.